We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it's thursday already short week for most of us short work week it's almost friday and you're hearing the silky smooth sounds of <laughs> myself Jason Perrone, one of your co-hosts of Packaday Podcast, also of Game On Wisconsin, the Quick Science Podcast, and Mark Eckel of Packer Report. Mark, I know we'll start elsewhere for the weather report, but how was your Fourth of July? How are you? Fourth of July was, um, not, you know, not, all right. I didn't want to go there, but since you brought up, I used to love Fourth of July. Holidays in general, but especially Fourth of July, right? Uh-huh. When I lived up north, and and you know, you went to a picnic or whatever, and you had a good time, family, friends, whatever, fireworks at night. Now that I live in a resort town and a resort and live in a resort, oh geez, I yeah. hate holidays. Yeah, it's I overrun hate Fourth of July. <laughs> I hate Memorial Day. I hate Labor Day because it just gets so crowded. I, I didn't go to the beach on Fourth of July because it was it was nowhere to go. It was it was so mobbed. Everything with the pools were mobbed. The book. We, my, my wife and I, we just kind of had a quiet day. Um, didn't even go out. I mean, cause everything, and it actually rained. Um, there was bad thunderstorms during the, like early in the day. Um, which, which made it even, which made like, so you didn't want to go anywhere because all the stores would, I mean, everybody was like, where are we going to go? Let's, let's go to the store. Let's go to, you know, so that was, yeah, that was crowded. Everything was crowded. And then. At night, you know, we just sit on the balcony and watch the fireworks, which is kind of cool. We've done I've done that every year that I've been here, which is because everybody and everybody and their brothers setting off fireworks all along the beach from from where I live in North Myrtle all the way down to Myrtle. So that that's kind of a nice little nice little show you get. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how your life changes by where you where you live, where you live, and what goes on around you, like. I you know, I I enjoy the like the, the rest of the year. The holidays are it just gets too it just gets too over overwhelming. Well, here in Phoenix, it was it's been really dry, and I, uh, and actually I have something interesting to note about that in a minute when we do some of our weather because we have a new entrant this week. But it's it's been so dry that there was not as many places doing fireworks here because of the the fire danger, and 
So oh, I, wow. I heard right. some of my neighbors setting off firecrackers, but I didn't see any actual fireworks. I saw more fireworks a couple of weeks ago when I was in uh, Southern California when I had my son at Disney. Like, go. yeah, we were at, we were at Disney, and I saw more fireworks there. So I'm like, I guess that was my Fourth of July and my vacation <laughs> all rolled up into one. So. Are you a big fireworks guy? Um, I don't really care. I mean, I, they're fun. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 fun to watch, and like it's interesting over the years to watch some different types of fireworks become popular. Like back in the day, and this was when like you know you and I were growing up. It's like you had like a, so you had the flashbangs, you had the big ones, and the little ones, and that was it. Like you just yeah. you saw a bunch of that, and then it was a finale, a big firework display at the end, and then yay, you're done. All right, now there's all sorts of like stuff that fizzles around and it moves around and dances in the sky. <laughs> And, you know, there's all these, all these, you know, they write words and stuff like, you know, or make pictures of faces or something. I don't know. Just whatever. See, I, I like the nice, the big ones that they sent off. Like if, if it's done properly by, a, you know, by the city or by the town or by the, um, like minor league baseball teams have, and they always do them after and major league baseball teams for that matter. They're nice. I mean, that's, they're, they're like just having like, like, like the, like the guy next door lighting off. You know, make all you do is make a noise. I mean, it's nothing special. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah. I could do it without him. <laughs> well, we were at. Uh, so we went to an Angels game while we were out there too, and they actually was fireworks okay. night. They did a they did a firework display because it was the night they were honoring the 2002 World Series championship team. Oh, and they wow, did okay. they did a really nice firework display afterwards and so that was cool. It's like we got a chance to watch that. So it's between that whole week, you know, there was there was probably three different occasions where we saw fireworks. So you and had no fireworks. I did, I did, I did. I'm not complaining. It's totally fine. So it's all good. So as we always do before right. we jump in, we're gonna talk about the Packers and some of the news of the day, and we're gonna talk about the depth of the Green Bay Packers. But before we jump in, as always, weather around the globe. So let's start in Oslo, Norway. Robin Erickson jumps in, says, <laughs> he said, I was, I tweeted something about uh, the Cowboys winning a championship and, and only in my dreams or something. And so Robin said, speaking of things to sleep through Norwegian weather, Oslo has a temperature of 57 Fahrenheit rain and a bit of wind. Summer is here. Yay. I think he's being a little sarcastic. That's a little <laughs> cold and rainy. And then our friend Rolf out in Copenhagen, Denmark, a little cooler, 68 Fahrenheit clouds, mostly sunny. So that is our... Those are our European entrants, and then you already talked about uh, how crowded the beach was. How's the weather? Well, like I said, it rained. Um, we've got we had some thunderstorms uh, on the fourth. T- um, today's going to be nice. It's it's muggy right now. I guess that's the. I don't know. I don't know if that's the good right. old Midwestern term, muggy. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the meteorologist term. No, they've we'll, used we'll, it. Sure, we'll we know what that later. means. Okay. It means it's, it's, yeah, it's you know hot, humid. wet, and sticky. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 only in the eighties. But it feels like it's in the nineties. You okay. know what I'm saying? It's that it's that sticky um it's, it's yeah, it's that summertime you know, when you want to be inside in the air conditioning. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not a dry heat like 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 you get in Arizona. Well, speaking of which, it is <laughs> it is very well, let's go in order because it is very hot and dry. Spoiler alert, but uh Paul is not with us, still tending to some family duties, so it's um, 85 degrees, partly sunny, not too bad. I don't know what the humidity situation is. It looks like it's, um, well, it's around 70%. That's pretty humid. Oh, yeah. Speaking of muggy. That's muggy. And then we got a new entrant. We have Isaac Hanks who jumped in via Twitter. He's actually a, a meteorologist. He doesn't play one on TV, <laughs> but he's a meteorologist and, uh, he gave us some accolades. I, we, well, we're getting cre- uh, props from meteorologists, <laughs> yeah. right? 
Does that mean something? Yeah, this is, I don't know what it means. He's from yeah, he's he's Hampshire, Illinois, which is northern northern Illinois. Okay. Uh, so he was he was there was some hail and some big winds that were supposed to come through, and it sounds like it was ninety ninety two degrees uh, earlier this week. But it sounds like he he survived. Um, so he's hoping that uh, a little bit of um, what is it rain coming later in the week, or he's looking for the temperatures in the in the seventies to return. So that's. That's Northern Illinois uh, chiming in there. So we got a little competition for Green Bay in the Midwest and what's going on there too. So, um, you know, what was interesting too is I said earlier that uh, it was dry out here and I asked him if any, any unusual weather patterns. Well, apparently we're in the third year of La Nina. Now I know there's El Nino and La Nina and I don't, I didn't look up what that meant. So I should be more learned, but apparently that's affecting weather patterns. And he said that, um, it is obviously impacting dry, hot places like Phoenix, where we get fires, unfortunately, in the summer. But he did say that there's a good chance that it might be warmer than usual in the Midwest and in Green Bay at the beginning of the season, which could mean some really hot and humid games to start the season. And that's the interesting thing, Mark, is uh, mm-hmm. you, we've seen that before, too. I remember there were some games early in the, in the season, like when I started watching the Packers on TV, and it was weird, the weirdest thing, because all you ever hear about in Green Bay is what? The cold, the tundra, frozen tundra. the frozen tundra, right. yeah. and then but you have guys in September who have like got the fan on and they're they're like you know they're just they're overheating because it gets really freaking hot and humid there in the early part of the year. I've been to games in Green Bay early September games, and yeah, it wasn't it was that that tundra wasn't frozen. It was no. it was it was, it was steamy. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't Florida hot or, or Arizona hot, but it was it was warm let's put it that way it was it was a little i was wearing short sleeves i'll tell you that and you know to play football it was it was warm to play football so it gets hot there well it's hot hot as an oven here 104 hot sunny dry heat you know (laughs) i how you know how we be here in phoenix it's this is the time of year where we're not bragging about anything we're wishing we were you and then our friend harry is always in kamloops high of 75 low 55 humidity though very Hi, very through the roof. He said, akin to what Robin Williams described, which he's, I think he's referring to Good Morning Vietnam, where he said hot, hot weather, humid weather, uh, you know, expletive weather, uh, if I remember correctly from this character, that uh, we'll be in the upper 90s once the storm's clear by the weekend. So I would imagine that that's that time of year again where everybody's getting their humidity and their hotness. And yeah, so- it sounds like it's just a hot, humid. Listen, everybody who's World. complaining about the heat and the humidity, just remember this. This is the day you store in your memory when it's January 15th and you're absolutely <laughs> sick of winter. So, all right. Well, we were going to talk about the Packers and the depth of the team, but Aaron Rodgers got a tattoo, Mark, so we need to talk about the ink that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers gotten, and, and we're going to break it down and talk about everything that we think it means. I'm completely kidding. So if we just lost half our audience, that's my fault. I shouldn't have probably said that. Um I hope yeah. it means they, they he wins the Super Bowl. Exactly. So add a little so bit I, of ink so to I'm it like that it. has a, a Super Bowl championship and then, you know, whatever it is, because he's probably going to retire and be done playing. But, okay, so the depth of the Green Bay Packers, we're going to talk about that today because I'm being selfish right now, and I, you know, you know my thoughts on David Bakhtiari. I'm starting to get very concerned about this, and there's been no shortage of conversations about Bakhtiari around podcast circles and written pieces. I don't know if you've written about it recently, but it's it's a big thing. I think this is one of the biggest things that we're going to be looking for when training camp opens in, in addition to how do the rookies look and all that other kind of stuff, which Rodgers also talked about on the McAfee show earlier this week too, the depth of the Green Bay Packers. 
So why don't we just start there? That's a low-hanging fruit, Mark, the offensive line, because I think we're on opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit here. I am concerned. I just I don't feel very good about it. I don't have any any reason or source to say why I think it's super good or bad. But your thoughts on the depth on the offensive line, because they've got some good incoming talent, but they're unproven. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. True. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. I'm, I'm not worried about the depth on the offensive line. I think if and when they're all healthy, I think it's extremely deep and talented. I mean, to the point where they're going to have some tough decisions to make. Again, best case scenario, you know, back to Ari's is fine. I mean, and he is out there playing left tackle. And then, again, best case scenario, Elton Jenkins comes back within a, a month or so, you know, or even six weeks. Say, it's a, say if he starts on pup, they bring him back after six weeks. You know, that's you have those two, and then John Runyon and and Myers and uh, Newman and Neiman and um, the kid they drafted Ryan. And I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you got. I I like the depth on this offensive line, and I think you have a coach or coaches in Adam Stedovich and uh, Luke Buckus who just seem to get the most out of out of the of, of what they have there. I mean I mean if you look at this look through the year, I mean they you know, Newman last year, a rookie fourth round pick who people thought, okay, and fourth round oh, whole eases. He he started every game. Now, he had his ups and downs. I thought he got better as the year went on, which is a great sign for a rookie. But they coached him up so where he was able to, you know, play I think he played every game. I think I'm pretty sure he played every game. Um 
you know, that was that's pretty impressive. John Runyon, a six round pick, um, you know, as a rookie, had had to fill in at times and and did so, you know, admirably. And then last year be, became a starter, and I thought had a very good season for a second year guy, six round pick. Um, and you go through the years, you know, Lane Taylor, uh, undrafted guy that that carved out a niche for himself before he got hurt. Lucas Patrick, undrafted, you know, started and did fine for himself. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are other questions. Sure. Because like you said, there are some we don't know. We don't know Sean Ryan. You know, we know what we what he did at UCLA. And he was he was pretty good there and um, playing left tackle. But it looks like. To me, it looks like that was a, that he's going to be a pretty good player, and he's going to get coached well, and he's going to be he's going to be in the mix, and and you know, and it's going to work out. That that's going to turn out to be a pretty good pick. Um, like I said, the, the the big questions are back to Ari's health and and Jenkins' health, and when when and when either one of them or both of them are healthy and able to play. I just don't think you have you. There is no such thing as an answer to Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari. So I'm not. I'm asking the impossible for them to have perfect depth behind them because no team has two left tackle, right, or even two right, right tackles. And the Packers might have three. Well, if they do, that's great. I mean, and I mean, and, and, and also on that and on that note, Mark, could you please send a, send a note to the coaching staff and tell them not to overthink the playoffs and the opening lineup exactly. and the roster. Uh, that would that would also be very helpful and preferred. So yeah, I mean that's that's my issue with the offensive line is is you can't ask for them to have too much of of one thing because you're not you just can't have that on a roster in the NFL. But that's my biggest my biggest concern with depth is the offensive line. I don't think they're going to have a shortage of bodies. I just don't know if they're going to be capable. And again. Most of what I say with regard to this season, because listen, I mean, you know, if I want to be a spoiled fan, I'm going to go full spoiled fan. I'm not talking about September, October, November, and December. I'm talking about January and hopefully February. Those are the two things I'm talking about as far as the Packers and their ability to play and and perform and be deep and all that other kind of stuff too. So what other, I mean, the offensive line, you know, I, I think they'll be okay, but again, they have to stay healthy and injuries aren't something you can totally plan for, but right. what would be your next, I mean, offensive line is obvious because of Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. What about a position group where it might be kind of one of those sneaky, you know, wouldn't expect it, but you're kind of concerned about it. Well, in terms of depth, to me, it's, outside line, the, the edge rushers, because the starters are fine. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, I got no problem with both. I think they're both, you know, Gary just keeps getting, he's, he's an ascending player, obviously, that, you know, he's coming off of, you know, not a, I mean, people, people want to put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I, you know, he had a good year last year. Very, you know, he really, he emerged as a legitimate pass rusher. I expect him to take another step this year and become, you know, one of the top pass rushers. Uh, Preston Smith, you know, he had that. He had the down year two years ago when he was allegedly out of shape. I guess he, he came in about in the best, you know, the best shape of his life. And um, you know, he didn't have a terrible year, but he didn't. He wasn't nearly what he was the year before. In his third year, Green Bay last year, he was more like like he was his first year. And I, you know, he's a good player. He's just a good, solid player. So the starters are fine. Now, after that, that's that's the area where. Depth can be a concern because somebody's going to have to be the third. At least, you know, Gary and Smith can't play every down. And we saw that last year when they went to Garvin or um, Tippa or, you know, then they finally brought in Whitney Merciless uh, for a few games late in the season who gave him, who gave him a little bit of a lift until he got hurt. Um, somebody of that mix, whether it's John Garvin, um, the rookie from South Carolina, um, you're asking a lot for a rookie, though. Um, but, you know, 
somebody's going to have to be that third guy and, and, and play about, you know, 30 some snaps a game, maybe. So that's where I'm a little concerned when, if we're talking depth, because, and again, they may have the guy, maybe it is, maybe Garvin, Garvin is still a young man. I mean, I think he was only like 20 when they, when they drafted him out of Miami. So, you know, he's still young. Um, he certainly looks the part. I mean, he has the great body for that position. He looks like a, you know, he looks like a edge rusher. If he's built like a your classic, you know, outside linebacker, three four outside linebacker, uh, he just has to start making plays and, and you know, being that, you know, you, again, your, your third guy doesn't have to be a star. He just has to be, you know, give Gary and Smith a needed some some time off so they're not playing eighty plays a game or something. That's where I'm. That's where I'm concerned when it comes to depth. Yeah, the edge rusher group is also one. I know we've talked about that one before because it's just a matter of bodies on the roster, and you hope that it doesn't become one of those because you can only address so many positions, right? You can only have so many guys in a position group, and there's been years where you've got more corners, you have more linebackers, more tight ends. You know, if you're Mike McCarthy, more fullbacks at one point, and so you can't stack every position as much as you want to and you can only stash so many guys on the practice squad and then they're at risk of being signed by other other teams and look if you got a player on the practice squad and they're good enough another team's going to probably make them an offer and so you're, you're potentially going to lose them but this is one where it does seem we have a good point mark it does seem like they're really betting on Rashad Gary and Preston Smith staying healthy and playing the whole season now fortunately there's a decent history of that happening I know that they both have, you know, Preston Smith didn't miss any time until last year against his old team, Washington, and that was ironic. I felt terrible for him. But you made a good point in last week's show, which is, look, that's how conservative the the medical staff is. So at least we know that they'll make the right decision for the player. But if either of these two guys, you know, the the drop-off, it's one thing to drop off and go down to a Whitney Merciless, but when you drop down to a John Garvin, and to your point, you know, the P word potential. Well, potential never made a tackle. So that's the problem is, is that we don't know what the actual output is, is going to be there. And on a defense now, I'll ask you, I'll take it a step further. As good as this defense is supposed to be this year. And I know maybe I I don't know if you're as hot on the defense as everyone else is, uh, but they're going to be good. I mean, they're, they're going to be good this year. Do you feel at least a little better, even if it's not the pass rushers themselves, but knowing that at least you've got, inside linebackers and a secondary behind them that can maybe mitigate some of that lack of production if one of those two guys has to play less snaps? Oh, yeah, the defense is good. I mean, it, 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 this is, this is again, we're, we're, it's, it's July, you know, and so we're just we're looking at um, what we think is going to happen, and, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're basing it off, you know, past performance or, projected performances of some young guys. Um, but no, I mean, I just brought up the outside linebackers because, like I said, I think – and, I, and I, you know, don't be surprised if they don't add a, a veteran like a Whitney Merciless be, between now and, and the start of the season um, to, to be that third guy. Uh, another, another factor in there is Quay Walker um, took – got some work at outside linebacker mm-hmm. in minicamp. Yep. Um, so I, and I expect he may do some more of that again, not, not on a, not on a, on a regular basis, but again, you, you don't want Smith and Gary being, have not having nothing left that you, you don't want them playing 90% of the plays and then being spent by the time you get to the, yeah, 
because like you said, January, you know, January in February, you know, is what is important. And you, and you, you don't want your two outside linebackers, you know, exhausted from having to play so much, you know, early in the year. Um, so somebody's going to have to be that guy. Um, Walker, you know, like, like I said, I think they may, and again, that's why they have camp. That's why they have uh, preseason games and all that to see John Garvin. You know, I expect this. I mean, Gary and Smith aren't going to play much in preseason, mm-hmm. and there's a, because there's no reason for them mm-hmm. to, play, to play. But but Garvin and 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 Tippa and Randy Ramsey and um, the kid from South Carolina, Kingsley. How's, how's he say his last name? Anikari. You know, they're going to see a lot of time, and you know, again. Maybe maybe one of them emerge mm-hmm. as as a as a consistent third guy, uh, but but the rest like so. Getting back to the depth, inside linebacker Oof. has excellent. Depth. What a strength all of a sudden. You, yeah, I mean because you have Campbell and Walker and Chris Barnes. You know, he's not, not a, no slouch. Is he a star? No, yeah. he's not a bad player. If, if he's your third guy, that's not bad. He's made some big plays. I mean, he was the he was the green yes. dot for a while two seasons ago. No, no, he can. He's not a great cover linebacker, but he's good against a run. He's a downhill kind of guy. Um, I'll hit you. I mean, no, he as a third. And I and like I said, I think you'll see some of that. I think you'll see him come in. If they're going to move Walker outside at times, then Barnes could come in and spell him inside. You know, so, yeah, the inside linebacker, more depth than they've had in a long time. I mean, they have three legitimate inside linebackers, and that's not and that's not taking anything away from a guy like Isaiah McDuffie, who was a rookie last year, didn't play much, but they liked him enough that they drafted him. We, you know, he'll, he he could if he's your fourth or fifth, um, you know, that's not a bad thing either. Um, secondary, you know, the, the they have three very good corners, as we all as we as we all know, um, and if if Keyshawn Nixon, you know. As a fourth corner, and he he got a, he took I think he's played close to 300 snaps. I mean, everyone knows him as a, you know he they brought him in for for special teams, and you know he's tight because he knows the Raiders special teams and all this and that, and that's great. That's what he's going to be. But he played over 300 snaps a corner, or close to 300 snaps a cornerback for the Raiders. If you know for a fourth corner, that that's that's not bad. Mm-hmm. A guy that's played that much, and then. Um, John Charles, another guy that they they liked him enough that they drafted him last year. Now they didn't play much as a rookie. He's got to take that step to where, if he's your fourth or fifth corner, they're they're they're, they're fine at corner too. That in terms of depth, safety is kind of like outside linebacker a little bit. You're looking to see who that third guy is going to be. Um, is it going to be Vernon Scott? Is it going to be um, the kid Davis who they picked up last year? Um, could it be the rookie from Georgia Tech? Uh, was it Carpenter? Tariq Carpenter. Carpenter. Yep. Um, you know, so, but overall, I think that, and we didn't mention defensive line, which is probably deeper than it's been in years as well, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Clark and Lowry, who have been there for a while now, but then you you added a first-round pick and, and Wyatt, um, you signed Reed, and then you and then you have Slayton now in his second year, again hoping to take that that step that you know from rookie year to second year. So they have they're you know they're they're deeper than they've been in a long time up up front on defense. So overall, I think that the depth on the defense 
again, you know, find me another outside pass rusher, and I'll be really, really saying that the defense is very, very, very deep. Yeah. I think they'll be okay, but I don't want I don't want the team resting on their laurels and and take, trying to take advantage of it. Hopefully, they get a little lucky with health too. That's something you can't really right. control. But but as far as as that goes, I think if so if if Gary or Preston have to come off the field, it's like well at least they've got some studs at cornerback and and guys who can hopefully help mitigate some of that too. Although you know obviously if <laughs> covering for five plus seconds, I mean remember when the Packers pass rush was not very good and they they had issues where it's like you can only cover for so long and then someone's going to get open. And you're gonna you're gonna run into some issues there. Uh, on the well, defense. I think the pass, I think the front can generate more pass rush than it used to, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, yeah. what Wyatt up there um, now and big bodies, and they'll they're, they're know, not Clark they're not just space take, they're not just space cloggers. Right. No, you're right. I mean, Clark has always been a guy that can either get you know not that he puts up big sack numbers, but he does all the work that lets the other guys get the sack. You know, uh, but Reed Reed is a guy that can put up numbers sack wise. Um, why it didn't in college because of the scheme they played, but everyone I've talked to about him thinks he can become a, a pretty good inside pass rusher. So, you know, and, and then Lowry gets his four or five sacks a year. And generally, you know, he, he's also, he's coming off of his, his best year as a pass rusher. So, yeah, I mean, they, uh, I think, I think you'll see more pressure from, the defensive line than you have in the past as well. So they need it. Um, you know, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to need it. I mean, and we spent, we've spent a lot of time. We started on offensive line, but we spent a lot of time talking about the, the defense, but you know, it's, it's a little bit of a reversal of fortune because the offense has been so stacked for a long time with the Packers, just with the fortune, the, the, the ride receiver room that they've had and they've got, good running back. So if we switch over to the offensive side of the ball, I think as far as the quarterback position goes, that that just kind of, it is what it is. I mean, if it's, it's Aaron Rodgers or, or bust and it's, it doesn't matter who's behind him, Jordan Love or Kurt Bankert or whoever, you know, you or I, it doesn't really make any difference there. But as far as, as running back goes, we've got to feel pretty good. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and then Patrick Taylor is a third. And, and if Kylan Hill can come back and we'll see how healthy he is and, uh, I think I think at, at running back they're okay. We talked about the offensive line. Tight end was one I thought you might mention. You mentioned pass rusher, but I thought you might go to tight end because we've talked about. Well, they that. have depth at tight end. The problem at tight end isn't depth; it's it's a number one. Same, and it's the same with wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Well, receiver is a whole other conversation which we're saving. But I mean, I think there's depth at both of those positions. Mm-hmm. Um. But to there your point, though, isn't... like you've said, but you've said, uh, and I guess the reason why, and, and I'm agreeing with what you said in the past, too, is, yeah, Josiah DeGuara is listed as a tight end, but he's not really a yeah. pure tight end, but he's listed as one. So it's like, yeah, he counts as depth, but I don't know if he's the guy that's going to line up and, and do the things that the tight ends and the Packers offense typically do. Is That's that's the point I was trying to make, was I just don't right. think they'll, you know, I don't think they'll. Uh... Well, I don't know. Again, it depends on the health of, of Tunyon. And when he's back, because DeGuarin might have to right. do that. Yeah. He might have to be a tight end. Right. No choice. Um, yeah. You know, because, again, Davis and Daphne, I mean, you know, they've showed spurts of, and everybody's raving about, you know, Davis now because the general manager talked about him and Aaron Rodgers talked about him. But well, I'm going to see him do it. I mean, you know, there's a reason he was available. <laughs> Um, right. Well, he's. But again, 
I, I think, yeah, temper your expectations on Tyler Davis. I think he's going to be more – if he's going to make his mark this season, I think it's going to be on specials. Yeah. Not on offense. Josiah DeGuara, like, you know, can he mature? He's, well, first of all, he lost his rookie year to health. And can he mature now and, and not miss some of the routes and, and drop some of the balls he did last year? Because it's his, it's his third season. So he could he could end up becoming a bigger role player. I mean, they have to, they have to find the answer to get – any production they're getting from Mercedes Lewis, even if it's blocking, they need to figure out where they're going to get that after this season because this has got to be it for Lewis. Yeah. You can't keep so. you can't keep dipping into the well. See, that's where I think a day, that's that could be Davis. He's I mean he's a pretty good blocker, right? And he's he's a big guy. He could become the next Mercedes Lewis. I think he's going to be more of that than a than the next you know Robert Tunyon. I, don't, I mean. Um, but getting back to what we're talking about depth, there's depth. They got they got a bunch of you know bodies, but I want to see somebody emerge as number one, and hopefully it's Robert Tunyon. Hopefully he's back sooner than later, and he becomes the guy he was a couple of years ago when he was you know catching 11, 12 touchdown passes. Because if it's because if it's not, and they don't have that out there, that's less of of the honesty you need to keep to the to the defense across from the receivers. And I guess that that's a great parlay into. So Aaron Rodgers spoke on the McAfee show. One of the things he talked about was the wide receiver group and said he wants accountability and production from the wide receivers. He doesn't really care about the potential and how they look anymore. It's about what they can do and if they're going to. And, and again, I think that was his under, you know, underlying message was get ready to be a pro, get ready to put in the work. I don't care if you're a rookie because we're going to need you. There's no Devontae Adams on this roster anymore. And defense is, if you don't have a Tanyan or somebody out there that's going to to cause some issues in the middle, running down the seam or, you know, whatever the tight ends are doing in Matt LaFleur's offense, then it's a lot of attention being drawn on to the wide receivers. And I don't I don't like the prospects of, of having Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs having to figure out how to beat double teams already as rookies. I mean, they're going to have a hard enough time just gaining separation and getting used to the pro game. And outside of them, it's Lazard and Randall Cobb, neither of which are going to blow anybody off the page uh, athletically. So that's where this wide receiver group is, is a real big question mark because they, they got depth, they have guys, but it's depth that can produce. And that's the question I have is, is how much can it, can it actually produce? And I don't know if your biggest issue is the rookies, or or what it is with the receivers, but it's definitely one of those big big uh, hot rod topics and questions. This is a, a, one of the top groups and that came to mind when I thought of this topic today. Well, again, I'll say this: I think there's there's if you're looking at depth, they have depth. They're, they have seven guys that are all fighting for maybe at least. more. Mm-hmm. You know, fighting for, for for. I'm not even I'm not even putting like Malik Taylor in that. Um, they probably have nine if you if you, if you yeah. want to say Winfrey and yeah they've and, got they've and, got guys they got guys they have again there's bodies but there's no clear cut number one um, and again that's what somebody has to step up somebody has to or not I mean that, 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 I, I shouldn't say that I mean I, I think the days of them having you know a true one I think I think you might see a different guy every game be the one one depending on the defense you know what defense they're going up against i mean there might be a week where you know randall cobb catches six passes for 110 yards and, a, and two touchdowns and he's just he's your star and the following week you know 
Cobb goes against a good slot defender and he only catches two passes, but Sammy Watkins catches, you know, five passes for a hundred yards and, and a touchdown. And, and, and he's your big guy that day. Um, and then the following week, it could be Alan Lazard and it could, or, or one of the, maybe, you know, Christian Watson, you know, I think, I really think his role this year is, is going to be the MVS role of the past where he's just going to, they're going to send him deep at least early in the season. Just have him go deep, take the safety with him. Um, if he's, if he's, if he beats his guy with, with, with his speed, he certainly can. Um, and you know, Rogers, you know, plays, plays long ball with him, and he might get, you know, a couple 50, 60 yard touchdown passes or maybe not even touchdown passes, but some big, you know, their first, the Packers are first in 10 on their own 25 and he catches a 50 yard pass down, down to the, you know, down to the Vikings 25 or the bears 25. Um, you know, he'll, he'll, I think he'll be your home run hitter. Um, I don't think, you know, so I think, I don't know if he's going to get, again, I, you know, I could be wrong. I think things, who knows how it's going to work out, but I think that's what the plan will be early on is to make him what, what they had with MVS, um, especially his first couple of years where to be, basically that's what he was a deep threat. Um, Dobbs, I don't know what, I mean, who knows? Um, he, you know, he looked really good in the spring, but that's, it's a, it's a long way from the spring to the fall when it comes to football. So yeah, we'll see how that all that, that all works is, out. But this is kind of flashing me back to the the early Favre days, where it was like I remember one of the fun things about watching the Packers with Favre was every week I would try to figure out like, okay, who's going to be the dude this week because it was someone yeah. different, and it was exactly. and they had I mean he had he had receivers, sure. I mean, Robert sure. Brooks and Antonio Freeman, and he had some really good receiver driver. He had some really good receivers. It wasn't like he didn't have a one the Packers don't right now they're they're definitely they're in a different situation but you know is this kind of a throwback to the days of like hey you might see a different hero on offense every week right oh I agree I, I, yeah I, that's what I'm thinking like, it's I, almost like they have to fantasy. I don't play fantasy football but if I did I wouldn't want I wouldn't know what Packer receiver to to, to take you'd have to really scour the waiver wire yeah you'd have to kind of it's gonna be you know like I said, I think it could be Cobb one week, Watkins another week, you know, Lazard, Watts. It could be, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know. I think that's and that's that's the beauty of it is mm-hmm. that it's going to make Rodgers. And it's, this is later in his later in his career, but you know, but far far was still at the prime of his career when when he had to make that decision where he instead of just throwing the Sterling Sharp, you know, eighty percent of the time, it forced him to become more of a complete quarterback and scan the field and look for the guy that's open and look for whether, again, Brooks and Freeman became very good players, but no one, when, when Sharp retired, you didn't know what Brooks and Freeman were. They were third round that they weren't first round picks coming in here. They were third round picks that weren't real heralded. Like, Oh, they got Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks got in South Carolina, third round pick Antonio Freeman from Virginia tech, their third round pick. I mean, they weren't, they weren't talked up like a lot of young wide receivers are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had to step up and Do- Donald driver was a seventh round pick from nowhere. I mean, you know, um, he really stepped up. So, and again, having a, a quarterback like Favre and, or Rogers, you know, and Brady's done it his whole career is, you know, they great quarterbacks make receivers better. And I think that's what the Packers are counting on this year too, is Aaron Rodgers will make, Sammy Watkins 
better and Alan Lazard better and well he's had Cobb for most of his career but um the thing with Cobb Cobb just has, just has to you know kind of stay healthy and and not let not let age get to him as well because you know Randall Cobb has had a you know Randall Cobb's a good slot receiver there's no doubt about it um and we're forgetting Amari Rogers too uh, we didn't we, we left him out of the mix another guy that has to make that first year to second year jump that a lot of players do, especially wide receivers, especially Packer wide receivers. I, I did a story a couple of weeks ago listing, you know, going back in time and looking at the Packers wide receivers numbers from their first year to their second year. And a lot of the great ones didn't do much their first years. The guys, the guys we mentioned, Freeman and Brooks and um, Driver, all those guys, a lot of them didn't do much at all. Uh, Javon Walker, the last first round pick, um, they really, a lot of them took major steps from year one to year two. Um, so, you know, again, we'll see what Amari Rogers, apparently he looks better and is more confident and all that kind of stuff too. So there's another guy that, you know, week seven, I don't even know who they're playing week seven, but week seven might be his week where he catches whatever many balls for whatever many yards. You know, Amari Rogers could end up being one of those X factors. I could see in, in your guys' articles, if you talk about like X factors this season, Amari Rogers is kind of one of those because he's like, you know, I'm not saying he has to take over and be the the Packers' number one wide receiver, but if he does, imagine if he does all of a sudden really elevate, and it, it, this in this season, that could be a really big thing for sure. the Packers. You know, if if Sammy Watkins can play more than seven or eight games, like they're expecting him to only play, Lazard is his usual productive self. Cobb can give you what you need from him. This this could be a really good thing, and I and I also think too, and I think you and Paul, either you or Paul, or both of you mentioned it on a recent show too. Let's not forget how involved the receive, the running backs are going to be in the passing game. Exactly, huge. And Christian Watson, the end around the Debo Samuel type a- action. Now that this offense is going to have, you know, I I'd like to I'd like to give uh, San Francisco a little dose of their own medicine and have <laughs> Christian Watson come around and ice a game with one of his. Uh, with one of his runs or something like that too, but yeah, I mean the the receiver group is going to be it's it's going to be one to watch, and then you've got at the at the bottom of that roster that so the, you got six guys that are obvious on the depth chart already, and then you got to figure out well what do we do with Malik Taylor because he was a special teamer? Do we like him enough? Do we need him? Because if you keep him now, you're at seven, and I haven't even gotten to Winfrey yet. or or the other rookie, Tory, right. Yeah, and Samari Toure, right? So, and then the, right. the the thing is, is is can he can he get himself on the field? Well, we'll find out because in a couple of weeks when training camp opens, everybody's going to be reacting and overreacting to everything that happens in practice. So we're going to find out very quickly what the sentiments are about Amari Rogers and everybody else when they get when they get into practice. And one of the things that Rogers said, and it's a very good point, Mark, is if there's one thing you can hope that it helps with some of these young guys is who they're going to be going up against in practice every day. Right. So if you're Christian Watson and you're going to become a good wide receiver, you'll find out real fast because you're lining up against Stokes and Jair, Jair Alexander, Rasul. You're going to have plenty of challenges in training camp because those guys are going to be looking to make their mark as well. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. 
After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, that's what Jair always says that, you know, Devontae Adams, having to cover him every day in practice is what made him so good. And, you know, when he covered other receivers, it was like, well, this is easy after after covering this guy every day. Well, hopefully the Packer receivers, when they get tested every day by the three, you know, Stokes, Alexander, and Douglas, when they go against other teams' corners, they're like, hey, this is this is kind of easy. These guys aren't nearly as good mm-hmm. as the guys we go against practice every day. Mm-hmm. So, well, the tough know, could... the, and the tough thing about rookies is that, especially defensive, uh, you know, receivers as well as defensive backs too. But I guess I'm more talking about the receivers. Is you've got to watch your your film, and you really got to understand what what the the defense is doing, what the offense is doing, and where your opportunities lie. And that's one thing that young guys takes them longer to develop. I mean, even Charles Woodson didn't become a great studier of film until later in his career and that's usually true of most really good players they don't get it they don't the light bulb doesn't click because you have so much talent coming in you think you're just going to beat everybody with that alone and you think you're invincible and it's never going to change and then you get in and you realize hey if I don't have a clue of what's going on here I'm going to look like a fool on and I you know I'm going to I'm going to be on the wrong end of a top 10 on sports center tonight at the end of the day so that's what I hope those guys also can can learn from and having a guy like Rogers and Cobb and so and, and Mercedes Lewis and saying hey there is an there is an intellectual element to the game embrace it get in there and, and learn something about what the other other side is doing because you don't you know you don't really have that much to worry about when you're in high school and college I remember I remember some of the the study sessions and the playbooks in high school it's like you only really had to worry about two or three plays on the other side because the offenses just didn't run. I mean, now it's different, but back when I played, it was like, you know, student body, right. Student body left and, and, and halfback dive and, you know, stuff one of those. Cause they're not going to throw the ball unless it's like, you know, fourth and long. So it's, you know, just, that's one of those things too, that I think hopefully can, can help. And it's, and it's not a depth thing, but that's a, it's a coaching thing. It's a culture thing. What do you expect of your, of your players as far as being mentally prepared? Because, this team is, it's, you know, every year the window gets shorter and shorter unless they're going to restock and get lucky and, and find their quarterback of the future after Aaron Rodgers or anything else like that. You know, it's, it's always something. And I think that always something this year, unfortunately, could end up being the offensive line and the tackles, but obviously a long way to go and a lot to figure out before we know if that's the case. But that's my ring the bell, ring, you know, ring the alarm and, and, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to be one of those where if it's like, you know, I see Bill Huber on the first day of training camp and he's like, I see everybody out there, no 69 or, uh, you know, uh, Bakhtiari is, is working on the side or on the, on the exercise bike or something like that. It's like, no, you need to be like, you need to be participating. Like, well, I, don't, I, I don't, if he's on the, at least I want to see him somewhere. I don't want him like, and he wasn't there today. He was, and they don't know where he is. I don't want. If he's on the exercise bike. At least he's there in camp and he's doing something. 
You know, I don't. I think they'll I know where. I think they'll know where he. I think they'll know where he is. But well, the Packers will. The writers might not. So for you, no. But in all the years covering the Eagles, so I guess talk some people down off the ledge here. I mean, let's say that is the case. He's there, but he's off on the side doing other stuff, and he's not doing team drills or something like that. First week of camp, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. Okay, if that's the case. I'm not worried. Again, I don't. I like you said. I'm, I need him in January. I don't need him. I need him even if he doesn't start the season, which I hope he will. But if, if he doesn't, that's that's okay too. I need him in the down the stretch and in the playoffs. So if it means Yash is playing left tackle early, so be it. He did okay. They won thirteen. They won thirteen games last year without David Bakhtiari. So they can win games. They can win regular season games with Yash Neiman playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. They they showed that. But I want – they haven't shown they can win in the playoffs without David Bakhtiari. So I do want him ready then. So whenever – and again, you're – you know, I know your, your degree of concern is much higher than mine right now. But I just want him ready – I want him – I want him out there when he's ready to be out there and be David Bakhtiari again. I don't need him out there playing 27 snaps against the Detroit Lions and then not being able to play again because he played 27 snaps against the Detroit Lions. So, you know, I let's just again let's just see. Now, yeah, if he's out if first day of training camp and your guy Bill Huber or, or Tom Silverstein or whoever is. Writing that back to Ari, yeah, but first team out there, back to Ari was a left tackle, and Neiman was at right tackle, and Runyon was a. That's that's great, great news. That means yeah, shoot, okay, obviously, yeah, fine. that's yeah, that's ideal for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to complain about that, but I'm not going to panic if if he's not. That's all, not yet. I'm right. going to panic if they put him on IR before the season. Well, my my reason then I'm, then I'm going to be panicking. Yeah, well, obviously yeah, that that would be a, a big tell, <laughs> kind of a clue, as they say. But it's only because I think that's got the potential to be this year's big issue, like last year's oh, special good. teams. That's the only reason why. And I have no, I have nothing to say that it needs to be that. And man, I hope they don't have any other bigger problems uh, that that creep up and become an issue, and all of a sudden they can't, you know, I don't know, whatever it be, stop the run or have some other problem, but. That's why I, I'm so concerned about it is because I really do think that could that could really be a a big tip of the scales. It's like you you have a great defense, but you know your offense can't get into rhythm because there's constantly somebody in Rogers' face, and he doesn't have the ability to escape and run around like he used to. And even when he did, that wasn't always the best thing for the offense either. No. So I that's that's the only reason why I think my level of concern is a little bigger with with regards to David Bakhtiari. But so for overall, as of right now. As far as the depth, you know, I, I wouldn't say grade it and give it a letter grade, but, um, you know, it sounds like you're feeling better than not. And I am too, only yeah. because of only because we've got two season, three seasons worth of Matt LaFleur winning 13 games. And we've got this team showing that they can they can win games to get themselves into the tournament. There's no reason to think that they're going to take that huge of a step back, Devontae Adams or not, right? No. Oh, I know. I Listen, it's hard in a salary cap world. It's hard to be deep everywhere. I mean, there isn't a team in the league, and the Ram, I mean, the Rams, or the Super Bowl champions, they have depth issues at certain positions. Um, every team does because you just can't 
you can't, like you said, you can't fix all your, you know, problems in one one full swoop. I think the Packers fixed a lot. Um, they, they know again. It's young guys have to step up. Whether it's like the the backups we're talking about, whether it's the edge rushers, Garvin, and those guys, or um, the all the receivers that we mentioned, Amari Rogers, for you know, especially as a second year guy, they have to take the steps. And one more thing on Amari Rogers, since I since I met since I I, I mentioned him again. I don't think he's going to be on the return game. I think with with Watson and 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 Dubs, they're both good return guys. Dubs especially as a punt returner. Take that off his plate, and I think it could make him a better wide receiver. As one, and it's you know just one less thing he has to worry about, um, and let him just concentrate on being a you know being a wide receiver. I think it could definitely help his game as well. Yeah, yeah. Well. A lot of wait and see, but here we are. Yeah. You can tell we're in the dog days of summer and like we're right before training camp because this is where it's like you're empty out all of your, you know, all of your, all your topics. And man, I, I keep saying it as fortunate as we were last year with the news cycle. We just nothing going on right now, but I guess no news can be, can be good news too. Cause it means nothing bad is right. happening either. So, all right. So what is coming up at, uh, what's up now at Packer report and what is coming up? Okay. Well, I have a story up now about, um, it's kind of similar to what we talked about, but I ranked, the team uh, by position, like what's the strongest, you know, from one to 10, I guess there is 10 positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, edge rusher, linebacker, cornerback safety. And yeah. So 10. So I ranked them in my, in my opinion, what was the strongest area of the team down to the weakest area of the team. And that's that, that's up now. And then I'm going to, I'm working on a story where I'm going to, you know, Every year, the Packers keep an undrafted rookie, right? I mean, they, they just do, and they get the, and, and they get a lot out of them. I mean, going back to the um, like guys I mentioned earlier, Lane Taylor and Lucas Patrick, right? Un, undrafted guy, Josh Neiman, undrafted, Robert Tunyon, un, undrafted, Chris Barnes, undrafted. They seem to find at least one a year. So I'm going to take a look at the the guy, the undrafted guys on this roster, and which ones I think have a chance to to be the guy that makes the team this year. Okay. No, that'll be good. And I remember that was perennially, and it always seemed like it was somebody on defense we could get excited about. And because it was like, we better hope an undrafted free agent becomes a good inside linebacker because they sure as hell won't draft one. Well, they took care of that this year. So, you know, whoever it's going to be, that that should be a lot of fun. Well, Quick Slant's still on hiatus until there's some news to talk about. So you probably won't hear from me again. Some of you may enjoy enjoy that fact. Until next week's Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, we will find something fun to talk about. And as always, we'll have the international weather so if you want your weather make sure you get it to us no later than early on wednesday so good conversation mark we'll do it again next week in the meantime everybody stay cool wherever you're at stay hydrated and as always go pack go Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.